You're listening to the ASN Kidney News Podcast. Helen Burstyn, MD, is the Senior Vice President for Performance Measures of the National Quality Forum, a private, not-for-profit membership organization established in 1999 to develop and implement a national strategy for healthcare quality measurement and reporting. In this episode, Burstyn and ASN Counselor Ronald Falk discussed the NQQ and the eight priorities identified as those with the greatest potential to eradicate disparities, reduce harm, and remove waste from the American healthcare system. Hello, this is Ronald Falk for the American Society of Nephrology, and with me today is Dr. Helen Burstein, who is the Senior Vice President for Performance Measures of the National Quality Forum. Good morning, Dr. Burstein. How are you? Very good, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. One of the questions that we would love to have you think about is to help our membership understand what the National Quality Forum really is. Many of us are unfamiliar with that organization. Can you just describe it to us, please? Sure. So the National Quality Forum, or NQF, um, is an organization that has several roles, actually. Um, Probably one of the most important to date has been our role as a standard-setting organization. So we're the organization that evaluates quality measures and determines which ones meet certain criteria and can move forward to be measures that would be used for pay for performance or public reporting. Um, The other roles the National Quality Forum has taken on over the last couple of years, including setting national priorities, um, as well as thinking about the transition to an electronic infrastructure for measurement and improvement. How did you determine those eight priorities? The process that the National Priorities Partnership went through, and NQF is the convener of the the NPP, was to bring together the right organizations at the right time who really were committed to transforming the healthcare system. So 48 partner organizations came together, specifically because, I I guess, thinking sort of clinically or biologically, we, we sort of viewed them as effector arms. They're the ones who we really think could with the right set of priorities working together really drive improvement. So these 48 organizations are really a remarkable group of organizations across the full spectrum of healthcare, from clinical groups like the AMA, ABNS, to groups like the American Hospital Association, um, AARP, Consumers Union, Purchasers, and others. So um, by having that rich blend of organizations coming together, they worked um, with the idea that they should pick the priorities that would allow us to really identify areas where their collective action could really drive change and where it would achieve the goal of eliminating harm, eradicating disparities, reducing disease burden, and removing waste. The eight national priorities, let's just review them. One is patient and family engagement. Another is safety. A third is care coordination. A fourth is palliative and end-of-life care. Fifth is equitable access. Uh, Elimination of overuse. The seventh is population health. And finally, infrastructure support. So with all of those major priorities, which of these do you think represents the biggest challenge uh, to all of us who are interested in really improving healthcare, which ones are you tackling first? It's an excellent question. I think many people, depending on where you come from in the healthcare system, may look at them differently. I think certainly the focus on patient safety has been one we've put a lot of emphasis in over the years with our programs focused on 
safe practices and serious reportable events. But I think, you know, really broadly there has been a great deal of focus recently on trying to think through how we can make care as safe as possible, um, reducing complications, reducing readmissions, for example. I think the real challenge facing many of us is really the issue of care coordination, which is so related to patient and family engagement. How do we ensure that patients, when they transition between sites of care and providers of care, have the information they need to take care of themselves? Um, I think overuse is a real challenge, um, particularly in this area of uh, more and more technology. And I think we want to ensure that the right patients are getting procedures and other lab tests, et cetera, as opposed to it being done when the indications just really aren't there or the evidence really isn't there for it. What kind of thoughts would you have? What kind of advice would you have for medical subspecialties, uh, and in this case the kidney uh, subspecialty, with respect to how the National Quality Forum's objectives are going to interact with our patient care? Uh, yeah, so it's another great question. We've, um, in some ways, been able to and fortunate to watch the evolution of what's been happening in nephrology, particularly as it relates to the care of ESRD. I mean, you're kind of first out of the gate with bundled payments, um, and really I think it moves you towards measurement that's much more longitudinal, much more focused on outcomes, and I think ultimately potentially more patient-centered and coordinated care. So it's been an exciting opportunity to watch over the last several years, the, the evolution of the kind of measures that people are beginning to look at, to look at the quality of end-stage renal disease. And um, over the next, we're in the, in the midst of doing a project right now looking at updated measures for ESRD, and within the next few months we'll be announcing our next project focused on chronic kidney disease and other kidney diseases, since we didn't want to limit it just to those really at the end stage of renal disease, but really begin thinking about what we could do earlier on to prevent um, end stage renal disease. So I think it will be a real opportunity to think um, in terms of prevention strategies, what things could be done earlier to avoid even getting to the ESRD measures at all, um, but to stay outside that space, as well as thinking about, you know, it's not just um, chronic kidney disease and end-stage renal disease, but what other conditions within nephrology would really benefit from having a robust set of quality measures that could be tracked um, to drive patient uh, improvement. Dr. Bernstein, your, your thoughts about preventative care really open up the whole question of what extent do you think ensuring access for all Americans to insurance of some kind or another, how will that further preventative rather than the reactive care that you've described? It's an excellent question. I think we all hope that with greater access, patients will take advantage of opportunities for better screening and prevention. I mean, certainly in the world you live in, opportunities to get blood pressure and uh, diabetes in better control earlier on would certainly, diagnosed and in better control earlier on, would certainly, I think, provide um significant effects in terms of outcomes. I think we don't know exactly how difficult it'll be for people to actually gain access. And I think one of the real challenges going forward is we all know there's only so much we can do in the 15-minute office setting. And I think that's why the, uh, the national priority of patient and family engagement is so critical because it really speaks to what else could patients and families do to help self-manage, to take care of themselves better if they, in fact, can get access to care when they need it. 
in that regard, it's been interesting to to deal with the end-stage community, the end-stage kidney disease community, with another one of your major priorities, and that is palliative and end-of-life care. We, as practicing physicians, deal with this issue on a regular basis. What can we learn from your priority system uh, and what you've learned about palliative and end-of-life care as it pertains uh, to this end-stage kidney disease program? I think just at the cusp of really learning a lot about um, at least how to measure and improve palliative care, I think there's just been a remarkable amount on in this country over the last decade in that arena. And I think part of what we're going to begin to learn is how do those general principles around end-of-life and palliative care really go beyond what many people have traditionally thought of, for example, as hospice care for cancer patients. And I think um, part of what the palliative care um, efforts have really done is identify that there are so many opportunities to improve symptoms for patients who may not, for example, have that very, very rapid trajectory and six-month end-of-life window, but instead really think differently about patients with chronic um, debilitating illnesses, many of which are unfortunately in nephrology, um, to think about do they have they at least made some of the preparations to help them make those decisions at end of life. But also, I think it does change the way we perhaps would think about what patients want in terms of symptom relief as opposed to just curative care. The last question I want to ask you is one that I must admit just baffles me. There are so many three- and four-letter abbreviations for the organizations that are involved in quality care in our country. The National Quality Forum is NQF. But many of us also live with ACGME, the Joint Commission, uh, the LeapFrog Group, ACCME, ACGME, ABMS, uh, NCQA. There are too many of these organizations. How do they all interact? And if they do, and how should we as physicians learn to navigate between and amongst these different uh, organizations of one kind or another? It's a great question, and there's no, uh, I don't think anybody would argue that the quality enterprise is anything but complex. Um, I think our role in it specifically is really more of a, a central organization to help us both prioritize, standardize the measures, think about the data platform, align the right drivers in all those various places, and I, I would hope we would be a place to start with. Um, we don't develop measures. Some of the folks you listed, like NCQA and the Joint Commission, are measure developers. So I think we try to be um, more in the place of coordinating the quality enterprise. But I think depending on where you are and what you're most interested in, you would look towards different things, obviously. We are trying hard over the next year, as I mentioned, to focus deep on issues of both end-stage renal disease as well as kidney diseases in general. So we would really welcome the input of the um, of your members and reviewing the measures as they come out, commenting on them, um, really indicating where the evidence is, where the evidence isn't, is the measure reliable and valid enough, which measures would really drive improvement. So I think, you know, certainly given the focus on measurement from the NQF in the next year, as well as the national priorities we talked about, I think this would be a really good place for members to for your members to get a taste of understanding where how the quality enterprise comes together as we really begin looking at the measures most directly relevant to the work that they do. Specifically, what's the best mechanism to affect what you've just described for the nephrology space? 
I think one approach would be to um, certainly keep an eye on our website where we will be posting when the materials come out for comment or when we do a call for measures in the next couple of months for new measures for kidney diseases. Uh, again, I think the society can play a pretty significant role here of helping to look towards our website, anything we can do to help coordinate and make sure the right pieces of information flow back to you so you can best share it with your membership um, so people know when there's open calls for measures or comments, for example, would probably be easiest for the busy clinician. Dr. Burstein, thank you so very much for spending this much time with us. This is Ron Falk for the American Society of Nephrology signing off. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.